This is The Guardian. Today, Prince Harry versus Rupert Murdoch's tabloids. Where could this courtroom drama go next? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Duke of Sussex hasn't been shy about making difficult enemies. The Taliban. Here's Morgan. Some of the royals. But the one he has been most outspoken on is the tabloid press. If there's a story and something's being written about me, I want to know um, what's being said. Um, but it, all it does is just upset me and anger me that people can get away with writing the stuff they do. Why well, it's important for you to come here and talk to them? Prince Harry is determined to hold British newspapers to account for hacking into his phone and for the illegal intrusions into his life. So far, he has taken on Mirror Group newspapers and the publisher of the Daily Mail. And now he's going up against the Sun's publisher, News Group Newspapers, a company owned by Rupert Murdoch, the most powerful media mogul in the world. With just eight days to go until the King's coronation and Murdoch freshly battered by a $787 million lawsuit in the US. A high court judge in London will this week decide whether Harry's case can go to trial. Just how far will Prince Harry go in his pursuit for justice? From The Guardian, I'm Nashi Iqbal. Today in Focus, why the tabloid phone hacking scandal never went away. Jim Watson, you're The Guardian's media editor, and you've been in the High Court watching this hearing unfold over the last few days. Can you tell me what the hearing is for? This is all part of Prince Harry's latest attempt to sue a newspaper group over phone hacking. This time, it's Rupert Murdoch's news group newspapers, which owns The Sun and also the defunct News of the World. And he is suing them over phone hacking and other illegal activity that he alleges was used to target him for stories. And this week's hearing isn't the full trial. It's not with witnesses giving evidence or anything like that. This is a hearing over whether Murdoch's company can block it from going to a very messy and public trial. This is a sort of in-the-weeds legal argument about whether Prince Harry waited too long to bring his case. And they want to convince a judge that it shouldn't be allowed to go to trial. Well, on Tuesday, Prince Harry had a witness statement read out in court What are the main claims he made against The Sun and the news of the world? He alleges that since he was a young kid, he was targeted by journalists, private investigators and others working on behalf of Rupert Murdoch's company in the name of getting stories about his mother, Princess Diana, and her children. There was a 
famous picture many, many years ago when Harry was very small, sticking his tongue out, and his mother admonished him for that. The reason he stuck his tongue out, the media were the other side of the road, sticking their tongue out at him in order to get a reaction. And then on about his relationships, his uh, partying, his drinking, his drug taking, and he says that this was all basically due to widespread criminality. And crucially, we all know that the News of the World shut down in 2011. That was the paper that had to take the hit after they admitted that phone hacking had been widespread. What they still deny is that The Sun did anything illegal. And The Sun, of course, is still on newsstands across the UK every day, still has a very popular website around the world. And the importance of this case is that Harry is saying, no, it wasn't just The News of the World, it was The Sun as well. And the whole thing was riddled with illegal behaviour. Jim, can we rewind for a moment? Because it feels like the British tabloid phone hacking scandal has been going on forever. Can you remind us of how it started and when? Phone hacking really became public in 2006 when, of all people, the ITV News at 10 anchor Tom Bradby realised that messages he'd left on Prince William's phone about borrowing some equipment had ended up as a small gossip item in the news of the world. And the only people who knew about it were the prince and Tom. Tom didn't want his reputation besmirched and they got the officials involved and they decided that uh, William's voicemails must have been intercepted. One reporter at the News of the World went to jail and that was supposedly that. This was at the peak of tabloids being able to buy up stories for hundreds of thousands of pounds, selling millions of copies a day, ruthless competition, massively profitable and in the days when print newspaper sales were king. All of that's obviously now gone. But it kind of went quiet. And then The Guardian started its investigative reporting. And Nick Davis broke this whole thing open, culminating in the story about how the murdered schoolgirl Millie Dowler's phone had been accessed by reporters for the News of the World. We were sitting downstairs in reception and I rang her phone. Yes. And it clicked through <clears throat> onto her voicemail. So I heard her voice. Yes. And I was, it, it was just like, I she's, she's picked up her voicemails, Bob, she's alive. And I was mm. just... It, it was then, really. Um, well, the, when we were told about the hacking, that is the first thing I thought. Yes. Mm. At which point the contagion got so bad that Rupert Murdoch was forced to shut down the News of the World, the biggest selling Sunday newspaper, and a whole era of tabloid excess came to an end. There was the Leveson Inquiry, a public inquiry into the media that took place in 2011 and 2012. It was sparked by public revulsion about a single act, the hacking of the mobile phone of a murdered teenager. From that beginning, it has expanded to cover the culture, practices and ethics of the press and its conduct in relation to the public, the police and politicians. Which came up with all sorts of recommendations, very few of which were put into law about how to regulate the British media. And what's been happening out of sight for the last almost 15 years now, is that every year people have been bringing cases saying I was hacked by certain newspapers and that almost always they get a payout just before it goes to trial. So whether it's Hugh Grant or whether it's Sienna Miller or whether it's Elton John, hundreds of people ranging from members of the public to people who are on Big Brother in 2006 that you haven't heard of anymore, people have been getting payouts over stories that appeared in the Mirror, the Sunday Mirror, the News of the World and other titles. So how much does it cost Murdoch's company to settle all of these claims out of court? 
estimates on how much this has cost Murdoch's company range up to about a billion pounds. And even this year, the Sun has had to put aside 100 million for further claims. Remember, these are mainly relating to stories from 20 years ago. This is one of the longest running legal cases in, in British legal history. And there's no end in sight. And it's continuing to bleed money from Rupert Murdoch's company and other newspaper groups in the UK, with only The Guardian and a couple of other outlets still bothering to cover it. What's blown it up is that Prince Harry has put himself front and centre of this and decided to launch an all-out war on three different newspaper groups at once. There's one particularly explosive claim that's been made about a secret deal between the Sun and the royal family. Jim, can you tell me more? Now, what Harry alleges is that he wanted to bring a case perhaps earlier and was told by the royal family that a secret deal had been struck. There aren't any records that we've seen of this deal, but he says he was sat down in 2012 and sold, look, we've had a chat with executives at Murdoch's company. And when all of this is quietened down, when all the legal cases are over, you'll get an apology and a settlement. But until that point, stay quiet. We don't want you in the witness box. We don't want you giving evidence. We don't want the whole circus that would come with royals suing newspapers. Now, the Sun say, we don't know this deal. We've never heard of this deal. We've got no evidence of this deal. But there's a couple of things that Harry has put forward to challenge that. He says that in 2017, he started emailing through his lawyers, Rebecca Brooks, who's one of Murdoch's lieutenants, and Robert Thompson, who's another one of Murdoch's key executives. And they were not entirely denying that uh, there was anything going on here, but they also didn't state at any point any reference to details. In Harry's telling, he got the Queen's approval in 2017 to try and finally get an apology from Murdoch's company, and it didn't go anywhere. And out of desperation, he even suggests saying, why don't we ban their reporters from my wedding to Meghan in 2018, which was going to be a massive media event in an attempt to push the issue. But he concludes that the royal family wanted the issue to go away. They felt that it was something that ended when the news of the world shut down. And that is what Harry says prompted him to start his legal proceedings against the company. And he says that perhaps the reason that they wanted to make this go away was that Harry claims illegal behaviour took place at The Sun. And if you've already had to close down one newspaper because of phone hacking, you might not want allegations alleging that phone hacking took place at your other newspaper to be made public. Jim, what else have we found out in court this week? We found out the extent to which Harry personally blames the tabloid media for the death of his mother, Princess Diana, how much he personally loathes them, how much he says some of his best relationships were ruined, how his girlfriends always had the third party in the relationship because the tabloids were there and arrived at their holidays almost before they knew where they were going, how his friendships collapsed because of press intrusion, how he'd walk into a room and everyone thought he was an idiot because they'd read about him in the media. Harry claims that his father, Prince Charles, now King Charles, wanted him to drop all these cases in Harry's mind because Charles wanted positive coverage for Camilla becoming queen. And Harry claims that his brother secretly in 2020 agreed a massive settlement with newsgroup newspapers over phone hacking. And what about Rupert Murdoch's lawyers? What have they said in response to this claim? Rupert Murdoch's lawyers are making two slightly confusing arguments, which if you're a normal person, you might think, how does that work? 
One of them is that this is all false. We deny it. And the second one is you should have known all of this earlier and brought the claim within a legal deadline of six years. But if you're a phone hacking victim, when does that six-year clock start ticking? Does it start the moment you were hacked? Well, maybe you didn't know you were hacked. Does it start the moment that the story is published? Well, maybe you didn't realize that the story was from your voicemails. And what Murdoch's lawyers are arguing is that Harry should have known through reading the media, through knowing that his brother was a victim of phone hacking back in 2006, that he was a victim. And their argument is basically, sorry, Harry, even if you did have a claim, you've waited too long. When did he file legal proceedings? He finally started all of this in 2019. So it's taken four years to get to here. So we're really in the weeds of a legal argument over when Harry knew he was a victim and when he should have filed the legal paperwork. And God, I know that sounds dull if you're listening to this, but the whole thing is going to hinge on whether the judge sides with Harry. One of the funniest arguments put forward in court was that Harry's barrister stood up in court and said that Harry was on active service in Afghanistan at the height of the phone hacking scandal, and they don't have The Guardian there. And I love the idea that if only he'd read The Guardian, he might have known. Jim, this has been a difficult period for Rupert Murdoch. I mean, in the last 12 months, he's gotten divorced, engaged, broken off that engagement. Earlier this month, his company paid out almost $800 million to settle a defamation lawsuit between Fox News and Dominion Voting Systems. He's not a man, as you've said, unfamiliar with lawsuits. But is this the most vulnerable you've seen him? It's really hard to separate watching the latest series of Succession from what's going on in the real Murdoch empire. But when you think of the problems that are piling up for him at the moment, they are quite extraordinary. And a lot of it is due to changing sort of social conditions. You know, he went too far with Fox because his audience in the States had gone too far, even though Murdoch could see that the claims of, uh, of voting fraud were crazy. He was worried about, you know, his audience getting away from him. Breaking news at this hour, word of a settlement in Dominion's $1.6 billion defamation suit against Fox News. Dominion had accused Fox News of knowingly pushing false conspiracy theories about what former President Trump had claimed were rigged voting machines following the 2020 presidential election. And then in the UK, you've got the same but 20 years ago where his newspapers got out of control in a bid to chase what their audience wanted in terms of stories about celebrities. And that uh, led him to having to make his infamous appearance about it being the most humble day of his life. I would just like to say one sentence. This is the most humble day of my life. Okay, thank you. But look, we really are into the succession planning era of Rupert Murdoch's time as a media baron. He is trying to work out who will take over. And all of this has massive implications for who will take over. Because Rebecca Brooks, who runs his UK business, is uh, heavily accused in Harry's case. And if it goes to trial, could get called as a witness. She was found not guilty of phone hacking in 2014 in a criminal court. But, you know, if she's dragged into a civil case where there's a lower standard of proof that could be potentially damaging for her attempts to take over parts of the business in a post-Murdoch era. Well, let's talk about Rebecca Brooks for a second, because we have heard a lot about her in court this week, and she's been very close to Murdoch for three decades. Where does she fit specifically into Prince Harry's claims? 
Rebecca Brooks was the editor of the News of the World, where she infamously uh, launched a war on pedos uh, in the early 2000s, which included naming a lot of pedophiles on the front page. She then became editor of The Sun during much of the 2000s and then was made boss of the entire UK business. It is alleged that phone hacking was widespread on her watch at The Sun. They've always denied this. I am innocent of the crimes that I was charged with. And I feel vindicated by the unanimous verdicts. Chief Executive, do you wish you had done more to expose the criminality? All I can say to you all is that today my thoughts are with my former colleagues and their families who face future trials. It's alleged that uh, she was aware of illegal payments to private investigators. They've always denied this. And really, he has made no secret in any of the filings that he loathes her. In fact, in his autobiography, he goes even further and talks about her targeting him while a schoolboy uh, and has the slightly gross quote, Loathsome toad, I gathered. Everyone who knew her was in full agreement that she was an infected pustule on the arse of humanity, plus a shit excuse for a journalist. But none of that mattered, because she'd managed to wriggle her way into a position of great power. And lately, she was focusing all that power upon me. She is still in charge of News UK, where she runs everything from The Times to Talk TV uh, to Virgin Radio and The Sun. This leaves Rebecca Brooks in the awkward position that she's having to, as boss of Murdoch's company, oversee the efforts to fight this claim, while also, in relation to her previous role as Sun editor, being the focus of many of the allegations. This means that if it went to trial, she could be called to give evidence. She could have to explain the, or be asked to explain the sources of some of the stories that Harry says were from phone hacking by reporters at The Sun. And it could essentially be the one thing that Murdoch's company have managed to avoid, which they have partly avoided through paying hundreds of millions of pounds in legal fees and settlements to make sure all of these are kept out of court. Well, Brooks isn't the only journalist Harry's case has named this week. Jim, can you tell me who else from Murdoch's empire has been mentioned? In his legal filings, uh, Harry accuses almost everyone who had a position of power at Murdoch's newspapers of knowing about illegal behaviour. And this includes a certain Piers Morgan, who was editor of the News of the World between 1994 and 1995. And Harry claims that he, on his watch published stories that were on the basis of illegal information gathering on his mother and that Piers Morgan and the other editors knew about, encouraged and concealed the targeting of his mother through illegal means during the mid-90s. I mean, this is extraordinary stuff because we know the deep loathing that exists between Prince Harry, Meghan Markle and Piers Morgan. In a court of law, he is accusing Piers Morgan of knowing about illegal information gathering techniques you know, among the claims are that Princess Diana's private pager, which was a sort of proto mobile phone device receiving text messages, that her private pager was obtained by Murdoch's company and that a log of the messages was kept in a safe of the company lawyer. I mean, we all hear about the idea that the tabloids had a safe containing uh, information that they held back, but to actually hear that something was retrieved from it is is quite extraordinary. Uh, Piers Morgan has always denied that he was involved in phone hacking or illegal information gathering, whether at the News of the World or the Mirror. And just to make things more interlocked, Morgan now works for Talk TV. And 
works closely with Rebecca Brooks, who runs Talk TV. And therefore, Murdoch, Brooks and Morgan, the mid-90s trio of tabloid executives in the UK, are now all together facing up to Prince Harry in this lawsuit. It's sort of like uh, the end of season finale in which all the old characters get back together uh, and we find out what the ultimate outcome is. Prince Harry isn't the first person to claim that the Sun hacked their phone, which the Sun has always denied. How have those other cases played out? Now, there's a very strange thing going on here because Murdoch's company say, well, all of this took place at the News of the World. There was no illegal behaviour at the Sun. And yet in recent years, they've started paying out settlements to people who allege it was at the Sun. And they haven't really explained why they're doing that. So I guess one question is, if you're so certain that no illegal behaviour took place at the Sun, surely the right thing to do is to let it go to trial, win at trial, and not have to pay out any money. And that would be much tidier for everyone involved. The first real case to be settled on a Sun-only basis was Simon Hughes, who was an MP who was outed as bisexual by the Sun in the 2000s when he was a Lib Dem MP. But perhaps the most high profile was Sienna Miller, who had already won a claim against the News of the World and then got a substantial settlement from a case against the Sun. And she says that she desperately wanted to take it to a trial, but even with her wealth, could not afford the millions of pounds that would be required to do so. It was not my choice to be standing here today. I wanted to go to trial. I wanted to expose the criminality that runs through the heart of this corporation, a criminality demonstrated clearly and irrevocably by the evidence which I have seen. I wanted to share newsgroup secrets just as they have shared mine. Unfortunately, that legal recourse is not available to me or to anyone who does not have countless millions of pounds to spend on the pursuit of justice. And she personally blamed Brooks for many of the intrusions into her private life. So really what's ramping up is people who've won claims against the news of the world back in 2010 or 2011 are coming back around for a second bite of the cherry. And one of those that's up in court is Hugh Grant, who also wants to go to trial and alongside Prince Harry take on Rebecca Brooks. Prince Harry hasn't disguised his loathing of the press and particularly in recent years he's been waging a war on multiple fronts and this isn't even the first case he's taking to court. Can you tell me about some of the other court battles he's facing? He has got outstanding phone hacking cases against three major British newspaper groups. He's got this one against Murdoch's newsgroup newspapers, which owns The Sun and The News of the World. He's got one that's going to trial in two weeks against the publisher of The Mirror. And he's got another one which could be potentially the most explosive of the lot, which is against The Daily Mail. And that was the one you might have heard about a few weeks ago. Uh, the publisher of the Daily Mail. And he was arguing that I want to take this to trial. And we are waiting to see whether a judge will let him go to trial on that one. You know, if you tot up all the national newspapers in the UK, the only ones that aren't currently owned by a company being sued for phone hacking by Prince Harry are the Daily Telegraph, the Guardian and the Financial Times. That is the extent to which he is taking on the media. And that also explains why you aren't seeing a lot of coverage in a lot of outlets of these cases. And if you are seeing coverage, it's quite amusingly supportive. So one of the outlets that's being sued might run a sympathetic piece to another outlet that's being sued because it's in all of their mutual interests to sort of promote their cases. So usual sharp elbows don't apply here. 
No, no. In fact, there's an incredible lack of coverage of Prince Harry's cases in uh, in many newspapers that otherwise would have run 20 stories on every single thing that he's ever said. Coming up, what makes Prince Harry such a dangerous adversary for the tabloids? Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day... What would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. Prince Harry clearly feels targeted by the press and he just won't accept it in a way that perhaps other members of his family will. What do you think is driving him on? Deep hatred, blame for his mother's death. We are told by eyewitnesses that there was a photographer who appeared on the scene within seconds of the crash. French police have arrested five photographers who were at the scene of the accident. Blame for destroying his life, blame for destroying his mental health. I mean, this is a guy who has um, been through a lot of therapy and, and reconfigured his whole life and worldview since meeting Meghan Markle and decided that one of the main culprits for where he was in the past was the media. And if you want to push something like Rupert Murdoch's uh, newspaper business all the way to trial, you really have to have financial means. You have to have a case against them. And you have to be a little bit crazy and a little bit willing to push things all the way because you are going to get a lot of pushback and a lot of flack. So maybe Harry is so very much beaten down that he doesn't care anymore. 
He's angry as hell and he does not care who knows it. And he is going to put himself and take all the punches and repeatedly push on. And he says, I'm not going to settle. I'm going to push this all the way to trial. You can chuck what you want at me. I'm not going to settle. And perhaps he's also rich enough to be able to do that. Jim, we are just eight days away from the king's coronation and all the royal pageantry and press that that event will command. Now, according to Prince Harry, King Charles did not want him to take the tabloids to court. So the timing of all of this could not be more awkward. The timing is coincidental, by the way. You know, this has been in the works for four years. The fact that it's landed a week before the coronation when uh, King Charles probably wants anything other than the fact that he is trying to convince his younger son not to sue uh, the tabloids that will be covering his coronation. I can imagine this is a nightmare for the royal communications team. However, I think Charles was responding to a different era. Um, Charles was burnt so many times by the media. Lest we forget Tampon Gate. You know, that was by the uh, Sunday Mirror back in 1993, uh, where, I mean, basically phone sex between King Charles and Queen Camilla was put in a national newspaper. The level of press intrusion that Harry grew up with, he says that his mother might have had police protection teams with her in Paris in 1997 if she hadn't been convinced that they were all selling stories to newspapers. So really, this guy blames his entire situation on press intrusion. And given the extent of it, he may have a case. And how is this going to play out for the rest of the royal family? I mean, as you say, it's a really important moment for the institution. How will it look for them and how might they respond? This hearing is is embarrassing, but maybe not reaching the general public in the same way as a full trial would. Deals of coverage and things like that, that's going to get swamped by coronation and bunting everywhere. The BBC and the other broadcasters will be suitably fawning over the coronation and you won't hear many critical voices or Republican uh, voices at the heart of the coverage and it'll be fairly pro-Charles. What will get really messy is if this goes to full trial and you hear all the details. That could get very messy if you see the inner workings of how the royals deal with the media. Jim, the judge is now weighing up this case. What possible outcomes might there be? It's fairly straightforward. It can go to trial or it can't go to trial. Either the judge goes, Harry, you waited too long to bring this. And on Wednesday, he did raise the uh, spectre that he might be inclined to think that way by going, well, hang on, if you knew of a secret deal that meant you couldn't bring a phone hacking case in 2012, surely that's pretty inconsistent with you saying you only realised the extent of phone hacking in 2019. And that was an indication that things might be going in favour of Murdoch's group on that point of law. It's all going to come down to whether a judge agrees that Harry should have brought the case at an earlier date. That's a very boring legal point, but if the judge says, sorry, Harry, should have filed the legal paperwork earlier, missed your deadline, tough luck, then frankly, it all peters out, nothing happens. Or the judge goes, sorry, Murdoch's team, but you're going to have to fight this one at trial. And then that will take place in January 2024, and I'll have a front row seat. <laughs> and obviously, it'll be a huge, huge news story. But Jim, how significant would it be for a royal to be giving evidence in court if it goes ahead? When I was covering the mail hearing a few weeks ago, I was trying to work out when royals had ever even appeared in court. You know, Harry only sat at the back of the room for that. 
and the best we could come up with was uh, Princess Anne had to appear in court when a dog had attacked another dog in 2002. So the idea of uh, close to the throne royal uh, giving evidence and being cross-examined on that evidence over several days is extraordinary. And that's already going to happen in the next few weeks because Harry is giving evidence in the mirror trial and we know the mirror trial is going ahead. The Daily Mail trial is pending uh, approval from a judge. And then we've got this hearing this week against Murdoch's uh, parent company, The Sun, over whether that one can also go to trial. So you've, you've almost got one trial go and two pending. He's going to be kept busy. He's going to be kept very busy. You're going to have about a year of Harry in court if all three of these go ahead. Harry versus almost every senior newspaper figure from the last 20 years in court, sort of taking them on one by one uh, for uh, about a year. Jim, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Jim Waterson, media editor of The Guardian. You can read all of his coverage of all the cases mentioned in this episode at theguardian.com forward slash profile forward slash Jim Watson. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe to The Guardian's podcast series, Cotton Capital, which is on Manchester and The Guardian's links to transatlantic slavery. New episodes are released every Monday and episode four sees the team travel to Brazil. You can listen to that now by searching Cotton Capital wherever you listen to this episode. And that's it for today. I'm Nasheen. This episode was produced by Klitsia Sala and Ruth Abrahams. Sound design was by Solomon King. The executive producer was Elizabeth Cassin. Have a lovely weekend. We'll see you on Monday. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.